Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to another episode of the Big D Podcast on Spunky Spectrum Sports Network. I am Alex, and at, with me, as always, is Dylan. What is up, Dylan? Hey, Alex. Uh, you know what it means Monday, and uh, you know what it means. It's a uh, time for our weekly podcast. So, uh, I was. <laughs> That was a a crazy day of football from what from those one o'clock games to what do you know what happened in Foxborough last night? Absolutely. I mean, a a very crazy week of football. I mean, there was some really good games this week. There was some uh, upsets, as uh, as I'm sure a lot of people know, and uh, some disappointing games for uh, fans of our certain teams but before we get too far into that i just want to uh, make sure and let everyone know please like uh the video on youtube if you're watching this on youtube please subscribe to the channel you can always keep up with uh the big d podcast on spotify and apple music now streaming and uh just uh, follow along on social media and uh dylan's got some great co- content coming out and uh you never know who he's gonna have on the show and uh, you're going to be in for something good. So like I said, like, subscribe, follow on all social medias. And uh, if you like to listen to the audio version, Spotify and Apple Music are available as well. But you ready to get started? Yep. All right, let's do it. Uh, first things first, you know, I think the, uh, the talk of the NFL weekend was Tom Brady making his return to Gillette Stadium. You know, Pat's Bucks, everyone had, uh, everyone was kind of eyeing this game when the schedule released. You know, everyone was wondering when Tom Brady was going to come back to New England. And uh, we had that happen last night. And uh, what'd you think? First off, I cannot believe the Patriot fans actually booed Tom Brady. Unbelievable. I mean, I, how many how many championships did he win for the Patriots? I lost count. Yeah, I, I did too. I, I after the twenty eight to three, I just I just figured, you know what? He's he's got as many rings as he's gonna get, and it kept coming, and I can't believe it. I mean, I just. You know, they they call them mass holes. I, I don't know if I need to be censored on that, but, you know, it's, it's not the exact phrasing. So they call them mass holes for a reason. I mean, Boston sports fans have been known for uh, a little bit of vulgarity, a little bit of uh, love and hate, a little bit of, uh, you know, some colorful language. So to see them boo the, the, the player who put them on the map, really the only reason why they have been relevant at all, considering how terrible they were in the 70s, 80s, and even 90s, really. I mean, the fact that they have one player come in and turn their franchise into a mediocre franchise, into a the biggest dynasty maybe sports ever, has ever seen, and then they boo the man on his return to that stadium. It's just, I mean, you know, New England sports, it's you're either part of it or you're against it. And uh, I think a lot of people... I think a lot of Patriots fans, whether they agreed with the booing or not, kind of got a, uh, a first row view of why some uh, sports fans might not like New England sports fans too, too much. But Yeah, but uh, Tom, Brady wasn't, Tom Brady was not just playing. He was also making history, breaking Drew Brees' passing yard record, and that might have been the quickest ceremony in professional football history. I'm like, that's that ceremony lasted, what, five seconds? Yeah, I mean, Al Michaels was making a big deal out of it in the booth. I mean, it sounded like they were going to, I mean, he said that they were going to stop the game and, like, at least have an announcement. It seemed like, I know there was a little bit of confusion because, like, at first he was a yard short and then they moved the ball forward a yard and then he was tied. And then I guess they moved the ball forward a yard again, which can only happen to a Tom Brady team. But 
I stand, I mean, you know, we won't have to get into that, but it was kind of confusing about if he actually broke the record and then he had that little four yard play after that or something like that. So I get it was a little confusing, but I mean, that's a pretty big record to break. And I was, I was definitely surprised that they didn't have a little bit more of a, uh, of a announcement or, or ceremony or, or anything, like you said. Yeah, I mean, I, I sort of expected doing to do its own thing because Tom Brady's on the other team now, but I don't know. I can't explain what happened there, but to the game itself, uh, that was a weird game because it looked like Bel- Belichick threw everything in the kitchen sink at Brady. I mean, Tom was, I mean, I don't think I've ever seen Tom nervous for a game, but he overthrew everyone. Everybody's saying, well, the ball's wet. I'm like, Tom Brady's played more bad weather games than any quarterback in NFL history. Yeah. Yeah, I absolutely. I think, Tom, I think Tom was feeling the nerves last night. Yeah, I mean, if there's any game, you know, he's he's done it all. He's been in every single situation there is to be in in the NFL. But the only situation he hasn't been in is playing against the team that he had been with for 20 plus years. So I definitely I mean, there's got to be nerves. there. I mean, he's barely human as it is. But uh, the the few the little amount of human that's actually in there must have been showing up last night because yeah it's pouring down rain but like you said I mean Tom Brady's played in every weather condition there is I mean he knows how to throw the the football and he knows how to control a game in that kind of weather and I mean the amount of passes to to Antonio Brown I saw that were just overthrown or over his head I mean it was very uncharacteristic of him but like you said I mean Bill Belichick did I mean he, Bill Belichick's a defensive mastermind he's a head coach mastermind and if there's any quarterback that Bill Belichick can go up against, Tom Brady's probably going to be the guy that he knows the best, obviously. So, you know, Matthew Judon had a great game. He was in Brady's face all, all day, you know, like, like Al Michaels and, and, uh, and like they were saying in the, in the studio. I mean, the only way the, Bill Belichick ha, uh, knows how to play against Tom Brady. I mean, he knows how to play with Tom Brady. So it only, it makes sense that he knows how to play against him and just changing the look of the defense not giving them the same look twice. And we saw a lot of that yesterday. And I mean, it was a pretty, it was a good defensive game. I mean, you, you see a game with Tom Brady and you don't really expect it to be much of a defensive game, but it, I, it was, it was a good football game. I mean, credit to New England, credit to Mac Jones. Cause I mean, yeah, my, Mac Jones was playing safe the whole game. I mean, he was, it was pretty much short passes, check downs and everything like that, but he, he did a good job of controlling the game a little unlucky with the field goal at the end, but you know, it was it was a good football game. I, I enjoyed watching it. Uh, I'm glad you mentioned Matt Jones because there were two quarterbacks in play last night. One was the GOAT. And Three if you one. count Jacoby Myers. Okay, okay. Jacoby Myers played quarterback in high school. Um, he's, not a, he's not a New England or former New England quarterback, but we'll right. save that for another day. But, uh, I mean – I know everybody will say Mac Jones is going to be New England's quarterback for the next 10 years. Mac Jones played exactly like he like I knew he played in the NFL. I thought he'd be accurate. I thought he'd be he could command an offense early. But I didn't think Mac Jones would win a game. And if you saw on that fourth and three with a minute or so left, Bill Belichick opted for a 56-yard field goal from Nick Ford, who hasn't made one from that fall since 2015. Right. 
in the in the pouring down rain. And and didn't go for fourth and three. I mean, first off, were you surprised Belichick gambled on the field goal rather than going for him? Yeah, I mean, honestly, how much time was left when that field goal was kicked? Um, it was, about a minute. Yeah, I mean, honestly, that just tells me that he didn't trust Mac Jones because he knows as better he knows better than anyone. You've got to have three zeros on that clock if you're planning to give if you're planning to to give the ball back to Tom Brady. I mean, there's no amount of time that Tom Brady can't work with, especially if he only needs a field goal. I mean, he needs one. He just needs one play to move that football team in the field goal range. And we've seen him do it a million times before. Fourth and three with a minute left to go. I mean, a field goal puts you up, but not, but it doesn't put you up. I mean, it gives New England or it gives Tampa, sorry, uh, a field goal to win. It's just, I like, I, you got to go for it in that situation. If you're me, I mean, you're not really, no one's expecting you to win that game. No one's expecting it was, it was closer than I think everyone expected. Obviously the weather had, had something to do with it. I think plus it was a good defensive battle, but in that situation, if I'm bill, you got to go for the throat. I mean, you got to go for that fourth down conversion, kill some more clock. And then maybe you kick the field goal. If you, if you pick up an extra 10, 15, 20 yards, then you kick the field goal, you burn some clock and you kick the, and you, and you make the kick when the, as the clock expires, but Trying to go for a 56-yarder, giving Tom Brady even a little bit of time left on the clock. It's just I just don't think it was a smart decision. Obviously, it didn't pay off for him, and they walked away with the L. But you know, it's it's what you got. You got to know you're going up against Tom Brady, and, and to take a kick that long, to take a kick that long in that bad of weather situation, just t- tells me he didn't really trust his offense enough to win the game. I mean. I mean, if you look at the weird thing about last night wasn't New England's lack of running the ball because everybody struggled to run the ball. But it's funny. You guess what? Tom Brady outruns, outgained the New England Patriots on the ground last night. Yeah, I know. Brady I know. got four carries for three yards. New England got eight carries, rushed eight times for negative one yard. Negative one rushing yards. I mean, I, if anyone was if anyone's playing f- fantasy football and you started some uh, New England running backs yesterday, then you deserve to lose your fantasy matchups because, I mean, I that this game had pat had a passing battle written all over it, and I, I, Miami's run game is bad, but we are not eight carries for negative one yards bad. I mean, I will say I will say this: Brandon Bolden called six passes for 51 yards. So if you're in a PPO league, he didn't hurt you. But Dam- but Damien Harris, uh, let's just say I would have uh, potentially given him the week off on my fantasy team. Yeah, absolutely. But, you know, it was it was a good game. It was uh, an emotional game, obviously. You know, I was a little surprised that, that Bill and Tom didn't uh, have a little bit longer uh, of a of – a, handshake on the field I, I actually saw that there was a prop bet to see if they would even shake hands or not uh which they did and you know there was reports after the game that belichick went into the uh bucks locker room and spent about 20 minutes with uh tom after the game so obviously yeah i mean you know obviously they've got a strong relationship there i was expecting to see a little bit more of an interaction after the game but you know tom's tom's a tom's a very kind of deal with his deal with his emotions and personal stuff outside the camera. So 
not too surprising, but hey, at least, hey, at least Belichick and Brady shook hands longer than Belichick and Mangini here. Yeah, yeah, that's true. I mean, I think we've seen on many many of an occurrence when uh, Tom Brady or Bill Belichick are on the losing end, they're they're sometimes the first people to just run into the tunnel. Obviously, that wasn't going to happen in this game, but we've seen it before, so it shouldn't be too much of a surprise that they didn't have a uh, a more grandeur. Uh, interaction after the game but you know uh speaking of on? speaking of surprises uh did anybody predict the Arizona Cardinals to be 4-0 in the NFC West because they didn't beat the LA Rams yesterday they beat the living daylights out of the Rams yeah I mean obviously I think that was probably one of the games other than the uh uh the Brady reunion that I think people are looking forward to the most I mean Arizona and and LA have been two of the strongest offensive and defensive teams throughout the league this season I mean but yeah a statement statement game from the Arizona Cardinals and Kyler Murray I mean I had the Rams winning that game I really didn't I wasn't sure if the if the Rams are going to lose a game all year with the way they've been playing on both sides of the ball but I mean Kyler Murray, he's he's and and Cliff. I mean, they're 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 here to say. I mean, yeah, the Rams are good, but we might be even better. I love that division. That's a fun division to watch in this in the NFL this year. And uh, they put on a show yesterday, especially in the for the red team. Yeah, and you know what was weird about the game because you everyone thinks of Arizona as this high pace, high high pass efficient offense. Guess what Arizona did yesterday. They ran the, ran the ball down LA's throats. LA, excuse me, Arizona ran the ball for 216 yards. Wait a minute. I, did I say that right? <laughs> you said that right. 216 yards. I mean, Chase Edmonds was all over the field yesterday. 12 carries for 120 yards. James Conner got 18 for 50 and two scores. Why didn't it get Chase Edmonds to ball in the goal lines and on a matter? But that would be 30 carries for 170 yards and two touchdowns. If you started either call Arizona running back yesterday, you were eating. Yeah, you were eating for sure. I mean, like you said, with with the team with Kyler Murray, the passing and 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 just uh, with his ability to make plays happen, whether escaping the pocket or just staying staying calm in the pocket, and a guy like like DeAndre Hopkins catching balls, I mean, they've been doing it all year, you, you, especially against a game that you know or expect is going to be a shootout. I mean, if anyone took – if anyone had a prop bet or something like that for over 150, 200 yards rushing for the Cardinals yesterday, I bet they made a lot of money because that was, that was definitely um, – you know, a game plan that I don't think a lot of people expected, but a game plan that they ran to perfection and credit. I mean, obviously we know Sean McVay is an incredible head coach. He's an incredible mind in the NFL and, and credit to credit to Cliff and the Arizona's uh, coaching staff for, for bring, developing a game plan to beat them. And, and they sure beat them. I mean, beating a, beating a Super Bowl, I, I think the Super Bowl favorite right now by 17 points that, that's a statement, and that's a statement that says, hey, I mean, we know you guys are a good team in the NFL, but, you know, we sh- you shouldn't be knocking us right now. Yeah, who, ca- who cares about 3-0? and We care about winning the NFC West. Yeah, and, you know, at, with, a, with a performance like that, who's to say they can't do it? I mean, and, I mean and, and it's not just running the ball. I mean, Kyle was efficient, 24-32, 268. So whether it be throwing, running, 
Arizona's dangerous. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, how about those Western teams, man? The NFC West and the and the AFC West are the only two divisions in football without a team with a losing uh, with a losing record. So those 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 Western NFL teams, man, they've been really getting it done. But I think those are probably the two most exciting divisions in the in the NFL right now. And I mean, obviously, in the AFC West, Kansas City being two and two, I don't think anyone predicted that at the start of the season. Vegas being undefeated. Obviously, they've got a tough matchup with the Chargers today. I mean, that, that's going to be a, a, a big game for them. The Chargers, obviously, uh, Justin Herbert's been playing amazing. You know, that's a huge game. I think that's uh, just as big of a game as the, uh, as the Rams-Cardinals. And if not, I mean, if not bigger, you get that old AFC West rivalry. You've got two guys playing fantastic. I mean, Derek Cole's been great. I mean, sorry, sorry for what happened to your Dolphins last week, but there's a reason why the Raiders didn't trade Derek Cole. He's amazing. Yeah, absolutely. They might have Josh Jacobs back today. You know, he's going to be a game time decision. Uh, obviously. Oh, no. Oh, no. Not the Josh Jacobs questionable tech <laughs> for the 15th time in a row. Yeah. I mean, Pey- Peyton Barber, I mean, he made my- he-, he looked like Josh Jacobs last week against Miami. So it might not matter to them either way if Peyton Barber rushes like he did against the Dolphins last week. But yeah, this, another- gonna be, yeah, this will be the Kenyon Drake game just to confuse all of us. Yeah. Exactly. Because I'll tell you what, Kenyon Drake has been dropped from my fantasy teams on the majority of the ones I had him in. And of course, this will be the week he breaks out. But, you know, I mean, but like as just bouncing back to the NFC West, obviously, you know, those it's San Francisco and Seattle are at the bottom of that division. And those are two high powered, high powered NFL teams, obviously the Rams and the Cardinals. I mean, whatever, whatever division has got the NFC West uh, to play against this year and the AFC and the NFC, I mean, uh, those are four games that that you are not looking forward to on the schedule. And uh, I, hate, I hate to say I hate to say this, my Jacks have got the NFC West. Yeah, you know it's it's that's you might be looking at another uh, top tier NFL pick, especially if Urban Meyer uh, decides to uh, spend more times at the uh, at the nightclub, not with his <laughs> oh, wife. But oh no, oh no! Can we can we move on, please? We can move on. You know, as far as moving on, I got a question for you, Dylan. How about them Cowboys? What you said it? How about them Cowboys? I must say this: I can't believe I'm saying this. The Cowboys are actually fun to watch on defense. I didn't think I'd be saying that. Yeah. You think of the Cowboys as this offensive juggernaut? The Cowboys are fun on defense. Yeah. I mean, have you seen Quadri Quadri Diggs play this year? He's caught, I mean, he's intercepted five passes. Yeah, he's looking like he's looking like Xavier Howard. I was thinking he's looking like Deion Sanders. Oh boy. All right. You heard it here first after that. I mean, I was I was going a little more mild on the comparison, but if you want to throw Dion out there, then. Uh, Dion, sorry, primetime's calling now. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, the Cowboys, I mean, final score may not indicate they handled the Panthers yesterday because if you look at that game, Dallas really moved the ball well in offense. They ran the ball for over 240 yards. Dak, I mean, Dak Prescott, four more touchdowns again yesterday. Zeke looking like his old self. And the scary thing is, Dallas's receivers were really kept in check. I mean, Cooper caught that one long touchdown, but you said Cooper Cup. You mean Amari Cooper? Excuse me, Amari Cooper. I said Cooper. 
<laughs> I didn't say cup. I didn't oh, say okay. Cup, I misheard you then. Amari uh, Cooper caught three pass for 69 yards. Sidney Lamb was a non-factor, but Dalton Schultz has been great. Blake Jolin caught a touchdown. Yeah. And uh, Cowboys just moved and just winning and playing efficient football. Yeah, absolutely. Getting, five, getting five sacks yesterday. I mean, uh, Michael Parsons looking like a star in the making. And, I mean, could the Cowboys' defense potentially be top ten, top five? Yeah. Am I, I, am mean, I crazy? Yeah, I don't think you're crazy. I mean, they're off to a three-and-one start. They're, they've got – I mean, I obviously there's been question marks about their offense as far as Dak Prescott's health um coming into play seems like he's fine i mean it seems like he's perfectly ready ready to go and i mean obviously yeah the defense was i think the biggest the biggest question mark for dallas coming into the season and i mean they, they're 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 playing great they're doing everything they need to do i mean it's a three and one it's a three and one football team and sam darnold had a good day yesterday i mean other than the two interceptions 26 to 39 301 yards two tuds i mean that's a so obvious and then he had the, uh, the 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 rushing touchdowns i mean sam darnold played a good football game yesterday and that just that just adds more uh, uh more praise to the cowboys defense because if you're playing against and, you know, we've talked about this before the season started, and I, I think I have to come clean about something. I think you might be right, Dylan. I, you were giving Sam Darnold a lot of credit before the season, and I, I was not on the Sam Darnold train. You know, I, I, obviously the Jets make everyone look, look like a disaster. Obviously we'll get a little bit more into that in a little bit. But uh, Sam Darnold, he's been playing good football for the Panthers. Obviously, I mean, it just speaks to how well the Cowboys played yesterday because I, it, he's he's proving me wrong and he's looking like a better quarterback than I really thought he was. But um, I mean, like you said, Dallas, they're, they're forcing turnovers. They're controlling the game. They gave up 28 points, but I think that was more just really good football by Sam Darnold to keep that game as closer than I think it deserved to be. And And credit to Dallas. I mean, that, that, that division was a joke last year. I mean, the NFC East was an absolute laughing stock last year. And all of a sudden, I mean, the Cowboys look like they're, they're on a push to, uh, to make, make things happen in that, in that uh, NFC East. By the, by the way, you're only saying, by the way, if Sam Dona could just stop throwing the cornering digs and make Carolina a lot better. Yeah, absolutely. And and secondly, you only saying you only saying that nice compliment about Sam Donovan because somebody used him in our DFS matchup yesterday. I did use him in our daily in our DraftKings, and uh, it did finally pay off for me. You know, I'm excited for our rematch tonight. We've got a Monday night showdown tonight, and I I really like my lineup on that. So uh, I'm confident in my and going back to back on you tonight. But uh, I do uh, have to thank yeah. Sam Donald for giving me that dub over you yesterday. Ah, uh, whatever. Whatever. But, oh, go ahead. Uh, go ahead. Gotcha. Uh, you know, we I did slightly bring up the Jets a little bit. And, uh, you know, football in New York, it hasn't been a very pretty thing this season. But uh, yesterday got a little prettier. What do you got to say about those New York football teams? How about not just one New York team winning in overtime, but something that's never happened before in the history of the National Football League. Both the Jets and the Giants winning in overtime, no less. Yeah. I mean, that's, I, I didn't know that stat. That's a good stat. I didn't, that, that is, 
I mean, they've, it seems like they've, those two teams have been in the NFL a very long time. And the fact that that's never happened is pretty surprising to me. I mean, it seems like you get new stats every week, but uh, the Giants went in the Superdome 27-21. I mean, <laughs> Saints, Saints finally get a home game and can't even win. I mean, Saquon Barkley will walk off touch, walk off touch in. Yeah. You know, I was very surprised at that. You know, I, I think New Orleans has obviously been a little up and down this season, uh, not being able to play in their home stadium. I really, because you know how those Saints fans are. Saints fans are passionate, man. They love their football team. And I really, I, you told me, you told me before on Saturday, you said, watch for the Giants this weekend. You had, you had some good confidence in them. And I, I just thought, you know, with with the Saints coming into the Superdome in front of their home fans for the first time this season, when they were supposed to have a home game earlier in the year, and that was taken away from them, you know, it seems like Saints fans get robbed of playing in their stadium uh, more often than we wish they would. But I um I was very confident in the New Orleans Saints yesterday, and uh, you you definitely got got one over on me on that because you know the Giants they they did what they needed to do. I mean, Daniel Jones has been one of the I think the most I think he's finally starting to get some appreciation now, but he's been one of the most underrated quarterbacks in the NFL this year, just based on the numbers he's been putting up. I mean, he threw for 402 yards yesterday. I mean, that's, if you got a quarterback throwing for 402 yards, it's, it's definitely uh, going to lead, get you at least one win. And they got it for him yesterday. Yeah. And by the way, by the way, the Giants got new ones right where they want them because it seems like the Saints cannot win overtime games in the dome. Yeah. I mean, you well, remember those NFC playoff games a few years ago. Mm-hmm. Whether it's the Vikings, whether it's, you know. Uh, the Rams. The Rams. I mean, it's just, you're right. The playoff, playoff, or, or not playoff, but oh, I mean, yeah, playoff. But over overtime games for the Saints in New Orleans, for some reason, it's like they – their clutch gene just kind of drops a little bit. Obviously, you know, Drew Brees uh, was the quarterback in the and and most in all of those situations. But uh, you know, it seems like that uh, he's passed that trade on to uh, uh, just had a uh, Jameis Winston. Sorry, but you know, and and even I mean, even the Jets. I mean, look at the Jets this week. How many? I, that must have been the biggest upset. That I don't know. I don't know the odds on on. on the Jets for yesterday. Obviously, I mean, the Titans not having Julio Jones and uh, AJ Brown had to have uh, obviously hurt their chances. But I don't think there was very many people in the world who would have predicted the Jets to beat Tennessee yesterday. Yeah, be honest, I actually could have seen it because Tennessee was hurting wide receiver wise, and you know that, and you and you notice when a team is so aligned on. On one particular player, like the Titans over David Henry, he can only carry them so far. And by the way, everybody's looking at Mac Jones as this great rookie quarterback. They're all the great quarterbacks. I'm not the biggest Zach Wilson fan, but yeah. he made some big throws yesterday. Finally showed signs of why the Jets took him number two in the draft. Yeah, he definitely made some big boy plays yesterday. I mean, the kid looks like he's in high school, but he – he made some NFL level plays yesterday. And I mean, obviously, you know, the Jets are a desperate football team. They were 0-3. It really didn't look like they had much chances to win a football game, it seemed like. But credit to Robert Sala, credit to Zach Wilson. I mean, obviously that 
that deep touchdown throw to Corey Davis was probably his biggest highlight of the day. But I mean, he, you know, at that, and, and that, that overtime drive, I mean, he, he put the plays together to put them in the situation to win that football game. And uh, they could have easily, they, they could have scored a touchdown on that drive. They drove right down the field. Um, you know, Tannehill, Tannehill at the end of that game, when they, uh, to, uh, at the end of regulation, I mean, some of those four uh, and in overtime, I mean, he made some clutch plays on fourth down. I mean, obviously a lot of them were just giving the ball to Derrick Henry, but some, some long third down completions that Tannehill completed to set them up for a fourth and short. I mean, props, props to Tannehill for, for clutch genes. I mean, it, he seems like uh, when the game's on the line, at least Tennessee, uh, he seems like he's got, a little bit of clutch genes to at least give them a shot, which uh, unfortunately fell a little bit short yesterday. But you know, it was it was a good battle. I mean, I don't think what it was. It was definitely. I mean, obviously the Jets winning wasn't what I saw happening yesterday. But it was even still, it was just a close, competitive football game, which impressed me. But um, you know, like you said, Zach Wilson, he's he's probably not the. Uh, the most consistent rookie quarterback we've, we've gotten a class this year, but he made it happen yesterday and he got, and he got his team and he's got his head coach, the first one of the season, the first one of his head coach's career and the first one of his career. So, you know, the jets fought for it. They really wanted it and they came out on top. And now hopefully the Jags get the number one picks and we can send somebody gives us like five first rounders for one of these quarterbacks. Yeah, honestly, the draft, the draft next year is going to be a, uh, very interesting one for sure. Um, oh, but- by the way, by the way, I by the way, now it's time for the fun part of the episode. Now we've gone back and forth, and we've decided to make a, a weekly rant statement per- permanent. And I hear Alex has got something cooking on his favorite Miami Dolphins. Yeah. So. Um- you know, normally on these podcasts, we talk about our teams uh, pretty much right away, starting off the podcast. I barely said a word about this Miami Dolphins football team today because I was waiting for this segment. I'm going to take a deep breath before I start because the Miami Dolphins, first of all, before I even start with the Miami Dolphins as a whole, Jakeem Grant needs to be working at a Publix tomorrow because <laughs> or today. I'm sorry, but Jakeem Grant, I want you off of my football team. And honestly, if you were working at Publix, you'd probably drop my groceries in the back as you were bagging them. So I don't even want you working at my Publix either. Jakeem Grant is a bum. He cannot catch the football, and he is not worthy of a spot on an NFL roster. I'm sorry that you are fast. Go join a track team. Jakeem Grant cost the Miami Dolphins the game yesterday with that fumble, with that fumble. Obviously he, that wasn't the only thing that cost the Miami Dolphins the game, but that was, that was really what sealed our fate. Dropping, fumbling the ball on a punt inside their own 20 yard line is just an unexcusable mistake. It's an, it's a mistake that he's made time and time and time and time and time again, whether it's on special teams, whether it's as a receiver, I do not want Jakeem Grant on my football team anymore. I don't care who you bring in instead of them. Have Jalen Water return punts. I don't care. Jakeem Grant, please, I am begging you, end my misery and leave the Miami Dolphins. Also, offensive coordinators, 
every there's an old saying that if if a ship has two captains, a ship has zero captains. If 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 a team has two quarterbacks, they have zero quarterbacks. If a team has two offensive coordinators, they have zero offensive coordinators. And the Miami Dolphins have the most boring, useless, and unimpressive game offensive game script that I have ever seen. And that is saying a lot as a fan of the Miami Dolphins, a 25-year-old fan, year old fan of the Miami Dolphins. This is the worst offense I've ever seen. I've seen the one in 15 season, and at least Cleo Lemon through the ball can throw the ball to Greg Camarillo. I mean, I just Jacoby Brissett, I thought was comparable to Ryan Fitzpatrick as in a backup that can come on and win football games and make plays. Jacoby Brissett took check down after check down after check down. He and the fumble that he had where he just he he bodies off three or four defenders running at him and then just drops the ball instead of throwing it out of bounds take a take a, a intentional grounding take an incompletion if you're out of the pocket i don't remember but don't just stand there and let four people knock the ball out of your hands this team i i i have never missed i've never appreciated Tua Tungavailoa more than i do right now jacoby Brissett. I wanted I wanted Reed Sinnott to come in at halftime yesterday. I am sick of Jacoby Brissett. I am sick of Jakeem Grant. I am sick of the offensive coordinators. And I'm starting to get sick of, of Brian Flores and Chris Greer because this Miami Dolphins team, I've seen bad Miami Dolphins teams, at, but the difference is I had no hope for those Miami Dolphins teams. This Miami Dolphins team, I've had hope. I had high expectations. I expected the playoffs. And the product that we've seen on the field this season – is just irritating, aggravating, mind-blowing. The penalties, the one thing that Brian Flores had going for him was a well-disciplined team that 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 played smart. Having an offsides penalty on a punt on a fourth and three, and you jump offsides to give them the ball back, on a, and then they go and score a touchdown. It's just the amount of things that added up yesterday. I wanted to cry watching that game yesterday because – the fact that we lost to a, uh, an injured 0-3 Indianapolis Colts team at home during Don Shula's memorial game. That's my rant. That's it. The Miami Dolphins pissed me off, and we're going to get absolutely murdered by the, by the Buccaneers next week. Throw your house on the Buccaneers' money line. Throw the house on the Buccaneers' spread. Throw, your, throw the house on Miami Dolphins under on rushing yards. It's just going to be an absolute disaster next week and i'm looking forward to it because hopefully someone gets fired after it that's my rant i'm i'm gonna say this watching the dolphins this year has been frustrating because i don't miami could have made the playoffs i really like miami i like the addition you made in the offseason love Jalen waller coming but the dolphins have regressed yeah. i mean i have no idea what what's happened with this team like all the i like how many draft picks have the Dolphins gotten in the in the top three rounds last two three drafts? It's it's been four picks in the top two round in the first two rounds the last two three years. And be honest, what's happened to all of them? Austin Jackson is the worst draft pick I've ever seen. He's the worst offensive lineman I've ever seen. That was a bust of a. Pick. I actually, I actually have got one. I've actually got one. Wilson, you. How about Isaiah Wilson, the Titans last yeah. year? Yeah. 
Okay. And and you know who who signed Isaiah Wilson to try and give him a shot after the Titans cut him? The Miami Dolphins. And that lasted about a week. You know, I I I'm I, I don't mean to interrupt. However, there's one more thing that popped in my head. At this point, if Deshaun Watson gets cleared, I don't think it's gonna happen, but if he gets cleared, I I am at this point, I'm almost ready to send the Houston Texans as many draft picks as they want because we can't. We, it's not like our draft picks are going to mean anything. They're going to be bums that we're going to cut after two or three seasons anyway. So why, why accumulate all these draft picks if we're not going to use them on talent? I mean, obviously, there's been some exceptions to the rules. Xavier, uh, um, uh, Christian Wilkins has been, a good, has been a good player for the Dolphins. Jalen Waddell, it's still early, but he seems like he's going to be a, a, a very solid receiver for the Miami Dolphins. And uh, Javon Holland was a good pick. Everyone else, though... Igbenogany, um, even even uh, um, uh, Jalen Phillips. I can't even remember his name because I've barely seen him on the field this season. He's he's I, the one the, the biggest impact he had yesterday was a which was a face mask penalty, which wasn't even a face mask, and that really cost us the game. But honestly, if there's a quarterback available, whether it's Deshaun Watson, you know I love Tua, but. I'm ready for elite quarterback play in the Miami Dolphins, and I'm sick of not seeing it, and trade the house to get one because we can't utilize our draft picks anyway. What's the point of accumulating these draft picks if we're just going to draft bums? I'm sick of it. I've got a question for you. Yeah. There's a quarterback in Green Bay who may be available. He's won, just saying, few MVPs, Super Bowl. Sure, he's 37. Yeah. Take Aaron Rodgers for a year or two. I'll take Aaron Rodgers for a year or two. You know, maybe I, I, I think if you take Aaron Rodgers, you probably can't hold on to two, unfortunately, because with, with Aaron Rodgers, you know, it's, you know, it's not a long-term thing. It's a couple years. You hope you, you hope the team around him is good enough to, uh, to contend, but I'll take Aaron. Rod- I'm just sick of seeing mediocre quarterback play at the, at the quarterback position. I think Tua has it. I really do think Tua has it. But with this offensive line, he's going to die before he has a chance to, sh- to prove it. And I, I just – I don't know what to do. I don't know what they should do. I think it's getting very close to clean house, which is disgusting to say because this was the season that it was supposed to all come together, but it's not. And, you know, I'll take Aaron Rodgers. If, if we can at least have somewhat of an improvement to the offensive line because that's a big problem. But the play calling is the biggest problem because we have the players. I mean, Jalen, I've seen the highlights of, of Jalen Waddle streaking across the middle of the field and Jacoby Brissett checking down to the running back when he was wide open. There was no one 10 yards away from him. It's just, you know, I think Tua makes that play. I think Tua probably, I think the Dolphins probably win that game with a healthy Tua yesterday, but I just, it's, it, there's so many, there's so many problems that the Dolphins have this year that we did, that I didn't expect them to have. And obviously the concerns that we had about this team are even worse than we expected. And, and the problems that we didn't expect to have this year are coming up. And it's just, I'll take Aaron Rodgers. I'll take anyone. I'm just, I just want to see some good quarterback play in the Miami Dolphins. By the way, get this stat with Jalen Warner. In four games, he's caught 25 passes. For 200 yards, that would be eight yards of reception. Mm-hmm. Let me see if I can get get the stats. Uh, let me see if I can get stats. Give me one second. Last year at last year, 
with da, 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 with Alabama. You know what his average yards for reception? Uh, you know what he averaged for reception? About 40, 42, I think. 21 point yard, point one yards per reception. Yeah. I mean, a lot of that is, is yards after the catch, which, I mean, he should be doing more of here. It's just it's just the scripting. It's just the play calling. It's they're 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 giving him the balls, but they're, they're the ball, but they're giving him these out routes. And and I just I just feel like there's too much talent on this Dolphins team to to it just seems like they're playing so safe. And, and it's not only a two headed monster on the offensive coordinators. We also have uh, our quarterbacks coach. Who's actually apparently the one calling in the plays. It's a three headed monster. It's not working. And the biggest thing that drives me crazy about the dolphins, the biggest problem I have with this team is if you watch the Miami dolphins in the second half of the fourth quarter, when they're down two touchdowns, we must, the Miami dolphins must be the best garbage time Car- garbage time team in the NFL <laughs> watching Jacoby Brissett throw the ball up to Devonte Parker and Mike Gesicki last night at the end or yesterday, at the end of that football game was beautiful. He's taking chances downfield. Devonte Parker going up. He's, he's, he's coming down with the ball. They're scoring touchdowns. They're they're I mean, they scored more. They, they, they recorded more yards of offense in the second half of the fourth quarter than they did in the second the the first second and third quarter combined i think it's just i don't understand why we play it so safe throughout the entire game miles gaskin had two carries i think yesterday i could go i could go on all day dylan and i know i've been ranting a lot it's just there's this team is breaking my heart and this team sucks i feel your pain at least you've got a win yeah you're right we got one should have a lot more but I digress. <laughs> are you are you uh, have you gotten out your anger for the day? I think I have. I feel a lot better. Um, we're gonna get blown out next week, but you know, this Dolphins Jaguars game is gonna be a closer game than I ever thought. And if we lose to Trevor Lawrence and your Jaguars, man, I don't know if I'll be able to do a podcast that week. <laughs> Yeah, that might be a solo. Yeah, that might be a solo with one of us happy and the other one probably getting over, probably getting over a hangover. Yeah, I think you might be right. So, uh, hopefully, the Dolphins could somehow pull a, a huge upset. I don't even know what the line is for the uh, Miami Tampa Bay game. I don't know. I. Uh... Um, what is it? Is it bigger than the Buffalo Houston yesterday? It's Tampa favored by 10 right now. Oh, I, I'm smashing that. Smashing. Yeah, that's a lock of the week. Smash the over on that. Although, garbage time, you know, Miami might have Miami might have a, a garbage time um, a bad beat on that because it seems like <laughs> the only time we know how to play is after the two-minute warning in the fourth quarter. So we'll probably score a touchdown, an onside kick, and another touchdown and lose by nine or something like that. Yeah, this is good. This is going to be like bad. This is going to be like Washington, Atlanta, where even if you took Atlanta plus one and a half, they lost by four. So not only did – so you didn't even – get. <laughs> So not only did your team lost, but you bet lost because Washington kick a field goal, they scored a touchdown. Yeah, and it's just ridiculous. All right, so thanks but, for getting. Oh, go ahead. 
I was going to close out. So go ahead. Your no, show, Dylan. Close no, us out. Go. No, you go. All right. Well, ladies and gentlemen, if you're still with us after uh, that long rant I had about the Miami Dolphins, I hope it was entertaining. But thank you for tuning in. We are here every Monday on the Big D Podcast. Remember, Apple Music, Spotify, YouTube. Like, subscribe, and listen every week. Thanks for listening, and thanks for being here, Dylan.